Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Apples. I've been talking about Leon Tailoring for nearly 20 years now. That's right, 20 years I've been talking about the good folks at Leon Tailoring. Whether it's Larry, Norm, Kim, Judy, whether it's their ready-made items, whether it's their custom-made items, or whether it's their tailor-made items, you can trust Leon Tailoring. Leon Tailoring, they've been great folks. They've been around for more than 100 years and some change. I don't even talk about them for 20, but trust me, head over to Leon Tailoring and they'll take care of you, just like they've taken care of me for the past two decades. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown town indianapolis well we'll continue our conversation with elected officials here in the great state of indiana and join us in studio it's been a while since we've uh, had a chance to speak with the lovely lieutenant governor but lieutenant governor suzanne crouch is also a candidate for governor with us in studio so madam lieutenant governor thank you very much for being with us how you been we haven't chatted in a while while uh, you know i've been great and abdul it's always good to see you thank you uh so how are things going on the lieutenant governor's office these days you know we're busy but session's over so now we're kind of implementing and preparing to implement all the legislation that the general assembly passed that affects our offices and the agencies that you know i oversee but um you know always out there you know doing our things with main street and okra uh the wastewater stormwater and you know drinking water infrastructure projects that they put out a housing you know we just uh, have done some realtor housing forums kind of talking to realtors about the challenges that they have in our home ownership program that we have that provides six percent down payment assistance for those first-time home buyers uh, that qualify uh, and in addition with the Department of Agriculture, you know, working and preparing for the planting season and moving into the summer and be taking a trade mission this fall back to Canada, uh, our number one trading partner. So very, very busy. Uh, I know one of the big things uh, that lawmakers did this past session was uh, work in the area of mental health and public health. Uh, what role does the Senate governor play? I know, mental health, I know mental health has always been a big issue for you personally. Do you know... Um, it is a big issue, and and really my interest started years ago, but because of COVID uh, and seeing a rise in anxiety and depression among our population and in, and an even greater rise uh, among young people, uh, I, I became very engaged. And I will tell you that one out of five Hoosiers struggles with mental illness or addiction. We all know Hoosiers that have faced those challenges because they're our friends, they're our neighbors, and they're our family members. And in my instance, my mother struggled with depression her whole life. Uh, we buried my brother last year. He was an alcoholic. My younger sister, Nancy, died in her early 20s by suicide. And then, of course, our daughter, you know, is in recovery and, uh, and is bipolar. And so when you you know, have lived with Hoosiers and family members that have struggled through no fault of their own because of genes they inherit, you know you have to do something. And so I became very engaged in Senate Bill 1 uh, and testified in the Senate and the House, which was extremely unusual for a governor or lieutenant governor to testify on behalf of a bill, but I felt that strongly about it. And so that Senate Bill 1 passed uh, $100 million put in place to help build out the infrastructure for the 988 suicide hotline and then allow our community mental health centers to transition to behavioral certified behavioral health care clinics which allows them to do more individualized treatment for those struggling with mental illness because i remember uh remember a conversation I had with a sheriff here in Mary County like years ago where he said uh, the Mary County jail is like one of the biggest mental health places here mm-hmm. in the state of indiana uh, what does that tell you how mental health is, how we how we change our attitudes toward mental health over the past few years? Well, I think because of COVID, 
You know, one of the bad things that happened as a result of COVID is we all went through a mental health challenge. It might have been frustration or fear or anxiety or depression or isolation. The good thing is we all went through that. So now there's more awareness and there's more uh, a kind of a sense of urgency. And it has removed the stigma that has been around mental illness. That and then, of course, the Colts, incredible campaign kicking the stigma campaign where they actually are out there, you know, trying to remove the stigma that is associated with mental health and addiction. So I think there's much more awareness and acceptance and a sense of urgency to do something. And that's why we saw Senate Bill 1 pass which provided the funding that I mentioned. And we also saw House Bill 1006 pass, which streamlined, you know, the detention, you know, process for those that are struggling with mental illness. Our guest on the program today is Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch. Uh, we haven't chatted with Lieutenant Governor Wallace, so it's always good to have her here. Uh, and so we're getting caught up on some of the things taking place here in the state of Indiana. Um, another issue um, that also happened was the public health uh, mm-hmm. issue. Uh, mm-hmm. The Governor's Public Health Commission, uh, there was funding for that. Uh, Dr. Box, Senator Kenley, people we know very well, uh, were instrumental uh, in getting that done. Um, but I know there was some, I, 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 don't, I don't know if the word is hesitancy or resistance, maybe some of the rural areas, to what exactly the public health legislation actually did. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, and I think that's pretty normal. Uh, you know, there's always that, coming from local government, I understand there's always that kind of suspicion about what is the state, you know, trying to do to interfere with local governance. But that wasn't the case in this particular bill. This bill is really about promoting better public health among Hoosiers because we rank overall, I think, 42nd in the country for our public health. And so this bill allows for kind of a model that counties can adopt where they will receive funding to be able to put in place programs and initiatives to be able to promote public health in their communities. And I think it will go a long way towards getting everyone on the same page so that we're all addressing and approaching the kind of public health challenge that we have in Indiana all together. I know uh, one of the, uh, in addition to being Lieutenant Governor, also uh, oversee some of the state agencies, tourism, uh, agriculture. How are we doing agriculture these days? I know uh, there's a big push for like, uh, I want to say agri-science, but it's agro. Oh gosh, of of all the days uh, my brain does a does a ag bioscience? Ag, yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, how are we doing with ag bioscience in Indiana these days? You know, it's interesting because when I talk to rotaries and chambers, and I talk about big business, they don't automatically think about agriculture. But agriculture is big business in Indiana. It contributes over thirty-one billion dollars to our state's economy. We actually last year moved from the tenth largest farming state to the eighth largest farming state, and in fact. of Indiana is farmland, woodland, or forest. Now, that's an old number. One of the things that the General Assembly did this year year was they passed a bill charging the Indiana State Department of Agriculture with assessing lost farmland since 2010 so that we can know really, has our farmland been lost because of solar farms, windmills, development? Uh, And if it has, you know, I'm curious as to who is purchasing that land. And so we will be looking at that uh, as a rule. But we have incredible partners. We've got Purdue University, which is just an absolute leader in the ag bioscience space. And so that 
ability to be able to foster kind of the environment that allows our universities to partner with government, but also to partner with entrepreneurs to be able to create more opportunities in that space is really one of the reasons why we moved from number 10th largest farming state to number 8th largest farming state. How are we doing with uh, tourism in Indiana? You know, we're doing, uh, we're, we're going to do better. <laughs> we're going to do better. Uh, and it is because of the great work of Secretary Elaine Beadle and her whole team at the Indiana Destination Development Corporation. You know, one of the things that we are, are humble Hoosiers. We work hard. You know, we put our nose to the grindstone. We do what's right. We don't pat ourselves on the back for doing that. But as a result... We're not very intentional about telling that authentic story of Indiana and all the great things we have here. You know, we have done, the Indiana Destination Development Corporation has done focus groups around the country. And when they ask people their perception of Indiana, they don't have one. It's not necessarily bad. It's not a bad person, but they they absolutely have no idea of what Indiana has to offer. The reason for that, Abdul, is when we did some research, our neighboring states have spent anywhere from 16 to $60 million to market and promote their states. You've, you've heard the pure Michigan ads. You've heard the Chicago ads. I hear the Kentucky ads down in southwest Indiana. Do you know what we have spent to market Indiana to date? A year? $2 million a year. How can we compete? And, uh, you know, how will people know the great things we have if we don't tell them? And so one of the things that, you know, in spite of that, In spite of the fact that we haven't marketed ourselves and sold ourselves to people in Indiana and outside of Indiana, we still have grown our population by 300,000 over the past 10 years. No other state in the Midwest has done that. But in spite of that, we still have 156,000 jobs that are unfilled. So just think, if we take that additional money that the General Assembly appropriated this year to market Indiana, 20 million a year, and we use that to tell people the great story of Indiana and what we have to offer. Just think about that, what that will do for our population and attracting talent for the future. Our guest on the program today is Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch. Uh, it's been a while since we chatted with Lieutenant Governor, so always good to have her here. Uh, let's change gears a little bit, uh, talk about the governor's race. Uh, how's all that going, even though it's still not, still at least a year and three, four months away? Yeah, um, you know, well, the primary is less than that. <laughs> less than a year. Yeah, and so, you know, I have to, you know, obviously survive a primary and get out of a primary. So I'm just focused on winning, you know, putting together a winning team, being able to converse and being able to talk to Hoosiers to hear what their concerns are so that I know how I can best serve them. Because at the end of the day, I want to be governor to take the leadership and to take the experience that I have to be able to take what I know about government from working at the state and local level in the executive and legislative branches and translate that into opportunities for Hoosiers. I have the passion, I have the, the commitment, the courage, and the leadership to be able to move Indiana forward. And I want to do that by providing more opportunities for Hoosiers. So this is that time where we are raising money, where we are actually out, you know, interacting with Hoosiers across our state, going to Lincoln Day dinners, hearing what they have to say. Because at the end of the day, this race is about them. 
And what are you what are you hearing when you tell, when you go to Lincoln Days and other uh, events, whether it's Rotary or you know uh, Kiwanis, you know Lincoln Days, you name it. What are Hoosiers? What are they? What are their concerns? They're worried about inflation. You know, they're worrying about how much money they have. You know, people are concerned about: Am I going to be able to pay my property taxes and pay for my prescriptions? You know, am I going to be able to fill up the gas tank? You know, am I also going to be able to make the mortgage payment? And so people are very concerned about that uncertainty that they feel is in our economy right now because of the uncertainty at the national level. But I think also Hoosiers are concerned about what they perceive as their loss of freedom and their ability to make decisions about themselves and about their lives and their families. And, you know, I want to be the the kind of governor that, you know, helps to protect our conservative principles that we hold here near and dear in Indiana. You know, we want to... You know, we want to have conservative principles that say parents should be able to control what's being taught in the schools. We want to have principles that say we'll stand shoulder to shoulder with law enforcement and enforce our crime laws to the fullest. Principles that say we're going to live within our means and we're not going to saddle our children and grandchildren with a mountain of debt. Principles that say we're going to create a business environment where our companies and our workers can compete with other states and even other countries, including China. And then, of course, we want to have those conservative principles that say we'll always be here for the most vulnerable and we will constantly be working to help those that are struggling with mental illness and addiction because... They are our friends, they are our neighbors, and they are our family members. It's those conservative principles, because the heart and soul, the battle for the heart and soul of America isn't going to be won or lost in Washington, D.C. It's going to be won or lost in the states. And I am running for governor because we do not want Indiana to become an Illinois, a New York, a California, or even a Wisconsin. Well, some parts of Illinois. Yeah, it's down south. <laughs> the so, bottom half. So yeah, outside of the two two ninety uh, 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 interstate system. Uh, because because uh, the question is, uh, with, with you running for governor, Eric Doden running for governor, uh, Mike Brown for governor, what distinguishes you from Eric and Mike? Uh, you know, first of all, it's my you know my commitment to serving Hoosiers, to being able to provide more opportunities for them. There is no other candidate that has the experience at the local and state level as a county auditor, a county commissioner, a state representative, as auditor of state and now lieutenant governor, who has that experience at the local and state level in the executive and and, and legislative branches, who knows how government works and how it can work better for Hoosiers. You know, people today feel like they're working for their government. They need to feel like their government is working for them. And I had, as I said, the passion and the commitment, the courage and the leadership to be able to move Indiana boldly into the future. And it is that resume and it's that wealth of experience and the relationships that come with having served at those levels in government and the relationships that come in the General Assembly from being a state rep for eight years and now seven years as president of the Senate. I have, will have the vision for Indiana that will benefit Hoosiers, but I also we have the relationships in the General Assembly to make that vision a reality. Uh, one of the things that uh, lawmakers did this past session was they raised everybody's salary for, not, not this year, but for the following term when everybody comes back. Uh, 
Uh, if I remember so correctly, you said you wouldn't take the raise. Uh, what was your position on that? Do you know, I came out, you know, because I knew nothing about it. Um, I, I'm presuming that other elected office holders, state office holders, didn't know anything about it. I don't know. But I knew nothing about it, and so I released a statement saying I did not support that because of the process. If something, first of all, I'm not saying it's not deserved, but if it is deserved, it deserves to be vetted in the public arena, and people should be able to have input on it. And so the process is really what I objected to. You know, I've always been a proponent and a believer that government should be transparent and responsive and accountable to the people it serves. And I remember as Auditor of State, I made government transparency a top priority, helping to prevent fraud and end wasteful government spending, leading Indiana to be rated number one in the country for our government transparency. And so it's about the process. You know, it's about the ability of people to weigh in on important decisions that I think was circumvented through that action. Um, also, uh, I was giving a wrap up here, I got a couple minutes left. Uh, the whole issue of COVID. Um, anything that Indiana did uh, with COVID, they worked really, really well. Anything you would have done differently had you been running the show? Well, you know, everybody's a Monday morning quarterback. <laughs> and Tuesday morning and Wednesday. Thursday, uh, yeah, Friday, exactly. And you know, I think, you know, but I will say this moving forward, Knowing what we know now, as I'm governor, we will not have masks, we will not have mandates, we will not have lockdowns, because we have seen a 20% increase in anxiety and depression among our general population. We have seen a 60% increase in anxiety and depression among young people. Over the past six months, one out of seven high school boys has contemplated suicide. One out of four high school girls has contemplated suicide. COVID has created an environment now and has created a, 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 you know, an environment of anxiety and depression that, quite honestly, we can't go through again. Um, we've got a couple minutes left here. Uh, so what's next uh, this year and next year for Lieutenant Governor? I'm raising money. <laughs> I said, you know, I told my husband, <laughs> I said, you know, honey, if I'd have married you... When I married you 45 years ago. By the way, congratulations on your anniversary. Oh, April Fool's Day. <laughs> it was on April Fool's Day. Uh, I said, you know, if I'd known 45 years ago that I was going to run for governor one day, I might have held out for someone with more money. <laughs> he said he would have too. <laughs> but we married for love. So, you know, I'll, I'll be getting around the state. I'll be listening to Hoosiers, you know figuring out how I can best help them and serve them and allow them to be able to live the lives they want to live in the freedom and and being able to have the resources, the economic freedom to be able to live the life they want to live. Madam Lieutenant Governor, Suzanne Crouch, always good to chat with you. Thank you very much for stopping by today. Look forward to chatting with you again real soon. Thank you, Abdul. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.